you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Isn't he worthy today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm so honored today to bring our speaker to this pulpit. He needs no introduction here for the first time that I ever heard if the river ever stops. It was in Delphi Avenue. How many of you still remember that message being preached? Life changing. Life changing. This week, I made three phone calls to some of my minister friends, one of which is our general secretary, Brother Scott Graham. And by evening, he returned a call to me with a word of advice and counsel, and I asked him and invited him to come and be here thinking that it would be impossible. I'm not sure that you or I truly understand the miracle of him being able to be here today and his sweet wife. The Grahams drove into town yesterday. We were able to spend time with them. When they got out of the car at the hotel last night, my wife looked at me and said, that was so refreshing. I just needed to laugh. And laugh we did. I love Brother and Sister Graham. Their ministry is impacting the entire world. It is an honor to have them here in Frankfurt. He has served in many capacities, pastor, evangelist, international conference speaker, and now the general secretary of the United Pentecostal Church. And for those of you that don't know, that's a pretty big deal. And it's an honor to have them here in Frankfurt. Would you give them a great big Frankfurt welcome? Michelle, we love you. Brother Graham, we love you. Well, you are very kind. Thank you. Delighted and honored to be with you today and not the least bit happy about what brings me here. Uh, I, uh, we got the call, the good pastor called and shared the diagnosis and the situation that they were going to be confronting and I um, was sitting at dinner, I don't even know what night that was, was that, I don't know, and I told my wife, I said, honey, 
let's just drive to Indiana and surprise them. We really just planned to show up for church this morning. Really. I mean, we were just going to walk in and just be here to be a support and friends. And, and uh, we were sitting at dinner, and she said, you probably ought to call him. She said, I'm not sure, you know, given the information they had to share and all they've been through this week and the distraction of that and the looming situation in front of them. She said, he, he might be glad for somebody to be there to preach. Well, that's awkward. Hey, you want me to preach? It's a little uncomfortable, you know. So I tried to just subtly by text say, hey, you're not planning on preaching this weekend, are you? He said, well, I planned on it, but I'm open for suggestions. And I just said, I still did. I just sent him a text back. I said, dude, phone a friend. And his next text was, what time are you arriving? And I said, well, what time do you want me there? And then he realized I was serious about it. I'm, I'm honored to be here, and I really just was coming to be a support to our friends. And But I'm also glad to help shoulder a little responsibility this weekend and, and feel like just maybe God will help me say something that might be advantageous today. Thank you. See, we have something in common, you and me. We love a really special couple. And I want to thank you for caring for this good man and his wife over the past and into the future. They're going to need you in some very practical ways uh, over the coming weeks and months as the rigors of her treatment unfold. And uh, thank you for being there for them. I never doubted it, but it warms my heart to see the care you have for them today. Somebody will need to, on occasion, probably get out in the aisle and dance and shout and say, this one's for her. Because it may be that her strength won't let her do that every Sunday that she would like to. It may be that her immune system being suppressed won't even allow her to be here as often as she would like. Somebody just needs to give a, you know, it's like in baseball they have a designated hitter. Just be a designated shouter. And just tell her this. Uh, now, God, put this one on her, her account. Put this one, lay this up for her. Amen. I'm going um, to let you be seated. Be just a little atypical in the way we do this. I know usually you're supposed to read a verse and then start, and I'm going to start and then read a verse. Um, you know, folks, there are just some statements in... Um, of contrast in God's kingdom that are striking in the way they striking in the way they impact us. They don't make sense from a human perspective. They just don't. Um, they seem counterintuitive to us. In fact, from a natural worldview, you let somebody that's never lived for God hear one of these statements, and they're going to question <clears throat> RIQ exactly. When you say to them, for instance, that. A child of God can be among the poorest of the poor anywhere in the world, and they're still rich. And that doesn't make any sense from an economic standpoint. You can't figure that out on an Excel spreadsheet. But I would say, in spite of the fact that there is that numerical analysis of it, that you could travel to the most remote village in a third world nation and there locate a man who lives in, in a hut with naught but rags to cover his body. And if he's been born again of water and of spirit and all that that entails, that is the richest man to be found in that country. Now, that doesn't make any sense from a human perspective, but it's true nonetheless. We try to explain to someone, I have joy and sorrows. What? How can you 
endure the heartache that life brings and tears streaming down cheeks that have known far too many such rivers and still walk into church on Sunday reaching the old hymnal and saying, it is joy unspeakable and full of glory. It doesn't make sense, but it's true. There's peace in storms. It doesn't make sense to someone who's never walked this way before. How can you experience the crashing waves of despair and the wind-lashed raindrops of chaos and still smile and sing, Peace, peace, wonderful. How? That doesn't make sense, but it's true. Among those contrasts, and I've just lifted a few, there may be none that so juxtaposes two conflicting ideas than some words of Paul. See, it doesn't take a rocket scientist. I had one little kid tell me one time, it doesn't take a rocket surgeon to figure out this little exercise. Shall we have a little IQ test in Frankfurt this morning? What's the opposite of big? And you can't have something that's big and small. It just doesn't make sense. You can't. The opposite of tall is, and you can't have something that's tall. That you, you couldn't look at something and say that's tall and, and it be short at the same time. It just doesn't make sense. And yet, can I direct you to the words of Paul in 2 Corinthians 12 and 10 when he says, Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak. Now, wait a minute, Paul. Surely the rest of that sentence is, then I am dependent. When I am weak, then I am discouraged. When I am weak, then I am vulnerable. Paul said, you don't understand the economies of the kingdom. When I am weak, you better know that's the moment that I am strong. And that doesn't make any sense. How can somebody be both weak and strong at the same time? That does not seem possible. And I suppose to anybody who's never been born again, it's not possible. But let me tell you, when I have Christ in me, when I have eternity in my soul, when I have the Holy Ghost in me, I have a source of strength that never wavers, that's never had a day off, that never one time dropped the ball, that never one time was without an answer. Somebody better hear God's word to this church this morning. When I am weak in me, I am strong in him. And when I'm weak in feeling, I am strong in faith. And when I'm weak in my flesh, I am strong in the spirit. I wouldn't want anybody to think that that diagnosis that she's received and the news they had to share today means that somehow we're in a season of defeat or a season of weakness or a season, listen to me, yes, there may be some difficult days ahead for this precious lady and this family and by extension this church, but you need to walk out of here today saying, I heard good news this morning. We're coming into a season of strength. I thought she might get weak. I thought, 
The Bible says at that very moment, not after, not before, when I am weak, then I am strong. There need to be some apostolics that face down hell and say our church is about to get stronger. My faith is about to get stronger. Because when I'm weak, that is the moment in which I am strong. Watch. For years, there had been an ongoing war between the house of David and the house of Saul. When Saul died, the southern part of the kingdom, known as Judah, anointed David to be king. But Abner, who was Saul's chief captain of his host, anointed Saul's son Ishbosheth to be king over Israel. So you've got the northern kingdom, the southern kingdom, and Abner and, and King Ishbosheth are here, and, and David and his general Joab are in the southern kingdom. And there were years of these two factions were fighting and at war with one another. David's general Joab actually met with Abner one time to try to resolve the difficulties, and bloodshed was the result of that effort at reconciliation. In that conflict between those two generals, Abner, the northern general, killed Joab's brother. And so the war continued unabated for several years with one running battle after another. Abner, who again was King Ishbosheth's strong right hand, been loyal to him, was falsely accused by his king of a moral impropriety. And Abner is so furious at his king after the loyalty he had demonstrated that he makes the journey south again. He contacts King David and says, look, I will turn the whole kingdom over to you. I will betray my king and I will bring the loyalty of this northern kingdom to you. Can you imagine David's relief in that moment? Finally, the conflict will be over. Finally, the battle will be passed. I've been promised this kingdom and now it's about to be delivered to me. It was a wonderful moment of hope in his life. Abner comes down, but Joab, remember, Abner had killed Joab's brother. Joab learns about it and he calls Abner back and slays him. David's hopes are dashed. The possibility of peace and healing have been removed from him. Just at the moment that he thought hope was rising, war looms again. And after he has buried Abner, David makes a statement that's found in 2 Samuel 3 and 39. And you can hear the anguish in his voice when he says these words, I am this day weak, though anointed king. He can't figure it out. He well remembers Samuel pouring the oil over his head. He knows he's been anointed to be king. If I'm king, why am I weak? This wasn't how it was supposed to happen. This wasn't what we laid out. I'm anointed king. Why am I weak? And he's bemoaning and, 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 and weeping over the fact that if I'm a king, why am I weak? You know what I'd like to do? I'd like to grab David by his lapels and say, shake yourself, son. You may be weak, but you're still king. He's sitting there going, if I am a king, why am I weak? I want to jerk him to his feet and say, look, slick, you may be weak, but you're still a king. Look at his words again. He says, I am this day weak, though anointed king. Did you hear that? You may be weak, but you're still anointed. 
telling you, that gives me encouragement. When I'm weak, there's still an anointing resting on my head. When I go through tough times, there's still an anointing resting on my head. It may not have been what I designed. It wasn't what I wanted, but I refuse to be downcast about my weakness. I will be encouraged because of my anointing. So I'm just going to tell this church, you got two choices. You can walk out of here discouraged about what you're about to go through, or you can walk out of here celebrating that there's a touch of God on your church, on your pastor, on his family. I may be this day weak, but I am anointed. Because I proclaim to you today, our victory is not based on how I feel. I am victorious because of who he is and who I am in him. I just want to encourage somebody today. I may be weak, but I am anointed. You've got to define yourself. You, don't, you can't define yourself by what's going on around you. You have to define yourself by who lives in you. I am anointed. I am blessed. I am a child of God. I may be this day weak, but I am anointed. So well, that's kind of vain. No, the Bible says you are. You just got to take your identity. See, here's the thing. The devil invented identity theft. That's not a 20th century phenomenon. It's become a huge problem in our technological world. According to the Federal Trade Commission, every year there are millions of Americans that are victims that cost totals of tens of billions of dollars. There are a number of government and private websites dedicated to try to teach us how to protect ourselves from that kind of assault. Companies abound which offer at least a measure of protection against this kind of attack. And I'm sure there are people who have been subject to that. But identity theft's been around a lot longer than since Al Gore invented the internet. It started in heaven. Isaiah 14, 12 to 14. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground? Thou didst weaken the nation. For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into the heavens. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon the mount of the congregation of the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the cloud. I will be like the most high. The devil is the first one to try to appropriate another identity unto himself. He got his start trying to steal an identity that was not his, and he still does it today. Only hear me well, now his purpose is not to steal your identity so he can use it. He wants to steal your identity so you won't. No, no, I'm, I'm sorry. i got to make that plain. He doesn't gain anything by stealing your identity so that he can be anything more than he is. He is a defeated foe, but he steals your identity so that you will not exercise the authority of who you are. I want somebody to get an attitude about yourself and say, hell, you got a problem on your hands. I may be beat up. I may be weakened. I may feel down. But there is an anointing resting on my head. You cannot steal my identity. I am a child of... I'm a child of God. I'm an ambassador of Jesus Christ. When I walk out in this community, I'm the baddest thing to go down the sidewalk. Hell doesn't want to have anything to do with me. I know who I am. I may be weak, but I am anointed. Do you understand? That a spirit-filled, Jesus-named, baptized, one-God believer is the hottest spiritual item on the planet? 
There's not one devil in hell that wants to mess with you. When you go walking out in this community, you go with the delegated authority of God on your life. It doesn't mean God loves you any more than anybody else. He loves everybody. But if you're born again, I got to think about it, sis. I preached to you on occasion. I got to think about it, sis. When you walk into that infusion center or wherever that joint is that you're going to have to go and, and, and have them give you this beneficial poison, It is entirely possibly likely ain't nobody ever walked in that room like you. See, see, here's the thing. I'm just I'm trying to be friendly. It's tough for me sometimes. Everybody looks at those those folks in there and say, oh well, they're all alike. They all have this common experience. They're all dealing with cancer. They're all dealing with chemotherapy. They're all dealing with black curly hair. I can't wait to see that. I got to thinking I'd be glad for black curly hair myself. And we look at them and go, oh, they all have this shared experience. And to a measure, that is true. But I tell you, my dear friend, when you walk in that room, you are somebody that is unlike anybody else in that room. We cannot let the devil steal our identity. I know we are not to think of ourselves more highly than we ought. But we ought not insult God by thinking of ourselves more lowly than we should. You are an anointed vessel of God. You are a born-again, blood-washed, tongue-talking, Holy Ghost-filled child of the Most High. There is nothing in hell that wants anything to do with you. You are not... I may be weak, but I know who I am. I'm anointed by God. And God has given me power over all the power of the enemy. And there shall by no means anything harm me. There shall no plague come nigh my dwelling. I am an anointed vessel of God. need to roll out of bed in the morning and look in the mirror and just scare hell half to death. You're in trouble now. God's ambassador just kicked off his Winnie the Pooh slippers. You're in trouble now. My God has given me power. See, I just, I'm not trying to be goofy. I just, I, I had a guy sit in my office one day. You may have heard me share this. It struck me. So I had a guy sit in my office one day. He was a pastor from our area. Not of our faith, but a good man. And he sat there and he, he, of course, you know, he called me Scott, which is convenient because that's what my parents named me. He said, Scott, I tell you, I'm really, I'm really anxious for the coming of the Lord. I said, well, I am too. I, I said, I want to get you baptized in Jesus' name first, but yeah, me too. And he said, well, he said, because boy, it's exactly what he said. If he doesn't come soon, I don't know what we're going to do. Uh, I said, well, we're going to have revival, and I'm going to baptize you in Jesus' name, and we're going to. And his answer to me, and, I, and this is pretty much a direct quote. This is real close. He said, but, 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 the devil. Don't put it up yet, but would you get Psalm 9113 ready for me? I don't know if I gave you that one. Don't put it up yet. I looked back at him, and he's my friend, so I could kind of have fun with him. I said, but, 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 Jesus. And he said, oh, but Scott, he said, if we don't, I mean, the devil's getting badder all the time. Look around the world, Scott. He's getting bigger and stronger every year that passes. And 
I said, are we talking about the same devil? Because I said, that's an unusual critter that can work nonstop for 2,000 years with a mortal wound in his head and be stronger now than he was then. Because at the empty tomb, Jesus stomped on him so hard he bruised his own heel. You're telling me he's stronger? He said, I got Bible for it. <laughs> I said, in my Bible. He said, absolutely. I said, well, you're going to have to show me that verse. He said, in Genesis, what does the devil show himself as? Well, he's, he's a serpent. Right. But by the time Peter writes about him in the New Testament, what is he? He said, well, he's, he's, a, he's a lion. See? Seriously? He said, and by the time John writes about him in Revelation, what is he? He said, well, he's a, he's a dragon. See? He said, as you go through the Bible, he goes from being a serpent to being a lion to being a dragon. He's getting bigger all the time. So oh, please. I said, really? I said, well, I, I said, do you have a Bible with you? And he said, no. I said, somehow I'm not entirely surprised. I said, I would like you to open your Bible and read for me because I want you to see it's really in there. I want you to read Psalm 91, 13. Now you can put it on the screen. It says, thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder. That's a snake. The young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under thy feet. I refuse to spend my days making out how big our enemy is. I choose to walk out of church saying my God is greater than anybody that's against me. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Even when I'm weak, my God is mighty. Even when I'm broken, my God is mighty. Even when I'm weak, my God is strong. have this treasure, 2 Corinthians 4 and 7, we have this treasure in our earthen vessel that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Oh, we're troubled on every side, yeah. We're not distressed. We're, 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 we're perplexed. We're not in despair. Persecuted, yeah. Not forsaken. Cast down, not destroyed, always bearing about in our body the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ. You ought to personalize that verse a little bit, sis, and just have one that says, I may have a diagnosis, but I'm not discouraged. I, they may tell me there's cancer, but I'm not defeated. My world may be a little rocked right now, but I am not destroyed. I may have more questions than answers, but I'm still anointed. You got to square your shoulders. And it's not just this lady. Some of you are dealing with stuff. You got to square your shoulders and say, I'm weak. I acknowledge it. But in my, weak, there is strength. In my weakness, there is strength. And I may be weak but I am anointed. I'm trying to help somebody right now. It's not boasting except you're boasting in God. You just have to stare the enemy down and say, I may be confused, but I'm still anointed. I may be scared, but I'm still anointed. I may be sick, but I'm still anointed. I may have questions, but I'm still anointed. I may not know what comes next, but I'm still anointed. My home may be under attack, but 
but I'm still anointed. My kids may have gone haywire, but I'm still anointed. My bank account may be empty, but I'm still anointed. My health may be broken, but I'm still anointed. The enemy may be mocking me, but I'm still anointed. You just got to stare down hell and say, I'm not going to focus on what I've lost. I'm going to tell you what I've got. I've still got my praise. I've still got my victory. I've still got my song. I've still got the Holy Ghost. I've still got his blood. I've still got his word. I've still got his name. My enemy is still under my feet. Jesus is still the captain of my salvation. I am this day weak, but I'm still anointed. I want to do do one more thing here for sure. I want you to notice in that passage I read, there's two really important words in there that it's easy to slip over if we're not careful. He said, I am this day weak. He didn't say I'm always weak. He just said this is just today. In other words, this is not my permanent condition. I'm just going through something right now. It's just for right now. It's been a tough week. It's been a tough day. But tomorrow is coming. Weeping may endure for this night, but joy comes in the morning. Hell, you might have the upper hand right now. I might be a little discouraged right now. I might be a little down right now, but you got a problem because I'm not stopping. I don't plan to live this way forever. Somebody better hear this word. Tears are temporary and sorrows are short-lived and trials are transient and persecutions are passing and battles are brief and miseries are momentary. But his mercy endureth forever. And his praise endureth forever. And his truth endures forever. And his name endures forever. And the word of the Lord endures forever. So my dear friends, you may be weak this day. I understand it. Be something wrong with it if you weren't a little bit. Your world's been rocked. I get it. But I charge you as our our precious friends in this church by extension, you got to look down the enemy and say, okay, yeah, you got me. I am this day weak, but his mercy endures forever. Yeah, I'm this day weak, but his truth endures forever. Yeah, I'm this day weak, but his name endures forever. Yeah, I'm this day weak, but his word endures forever. So hell, you better enjoy your moment. Today I have a problem, but tomorrow I've got a testimony. Today I've got a challenge, but tomorrow I have a victory. Today I've got a hurt, but tomorrow I've got a healing. 
I don't look at my tomorrows and see an unending season of weakness. I may be weak right now, but I'm going to walk in this anointing and I'm going to come out the other side of it and hell, you got a problem because you're giving me one more thing to shout about. You're giving me one more thing to rejoice about. You're giving me one more thing to testify about. I got one more thing to tell of the goodness of the Lord. Stand with me right now. I may be this day weak, but I'm not staying in this day. I don't live in the valley of the shadow of death. I just pass through the valley of the shadow of death. Whether I'm up or I'm down, I'm anointed. Whether I'm sick or I'm well, I'm anointed. Whether I'm rich or I'm broke, I'm anointed. Whether I'm on top of it or underneath it, I am anointed. So David, you can cry all you want to. I don't get it. If I'm anointed king, why am I still weak? I choose to take the other approach. I may be weak, but I still got the crown. I mean, think if David had taken that approach. Laugh at me if you want to. I'm still the one sitting on the throne. You're going to mock me? Just because I'm weak, I'm still king. How dare hell try to get up in your grill, as the younger generation says. And look at you and say, faith's a little weak now, isn't it? Maybe. I'm still blood washed. Oh, you're too weak to shout now, aren't you? Yeah, for a, for a while. But I'm still spirit filled. Oh, yeah. A little scared right now, aren't you? Maybe a little. <laughs> but I'm still a child of God. Hell, what are you laughing at me for? I got all that stuff you'll never have. You just got to step out of this service today. And your posture and your position and your attitude, both to her and around her and about her is. Going to be a little season of weakness. Okay. Still anointed. Whether she is sitting on that chair, shouting around, or if she's at home and the best she's got is one of these watching the webcast, still anointed. When hell tries to attack your mind with a bunch of what ifs, you got to square your shoulders and say, wait just a minute. This place is still anointed. Well, you don't know what's going to happen. Yes, I do. We're going to baptize people in Jesus' name. We're going to see miracle signs and wonders at this altar. We're going to see drug addicts delivered. We're going to see revival. We're going to fill this. Hey, it's not my church. You need to respond to that. You need to seize that and say, yes, that's exactly right. We may be weak. Our world's been shocked today. We didn't think coming to church today we were going to hear that. But I know who we are. We're the apostolic witness in this city. We are the testimony of Jesus Christ to our community. I may be weak, but I am still anointed. Okay, so here it is. Here it is. I'm going to leave it right here. I need some folks today to just say, okay, hell, you messed with the wrong folks. Really? You're going to launch an attack against our pastor's wife? Are you serious? You messed with the wrong group of people. We may be a little weak. We're a little rocked. But I'll tell you what else we are. We're still anointed. 
So I may be weak. Somebody needs to respond to this. I may be weak, but I can still pray. I may be weak, but I can still rejoice. I may be weak, but I can still come to the altar. I may be weak, but I can still declare your word. I may be weak, but I can still shout and rejoice. I may be weak, but you get your hands off my family. I may be weak, but you get your hands off my pastor's wife. I may be weak, but you get your hands off our church. I may be weak. You get your hands off of us. We are still anointed. I need you to come rejoicing. I need you to come in strength. I need you to come in victory. I need you to come in faith. Somewhere in the belly of hell, there was at least a few of the imps that thought your sweet pastor's wife had to get up here and share with you this news about what she's going to be going through and by extension what your congregation is going to go through, that that would be the way to shut this all down. Surely this congregation will go out of there weeping and mourning and broken and despondent and discouraged and fearful and terrified and living in dread. of. I mean, that would be the natural reaction, right? That makes sense. That's what others do. But what say perhaps we seize our identity back for just a moment and say, I'm sorry, but uh, you thought that was going to stop us from being worshipers? You, You thought we would stop reaching the lost just because? So let's just, let's just try something for a minute. Just, just hey, we'll get back to it. But we don't need any music right now, just for a second, just because we don't need a prop. 
Because the bottom line is a lot of the coming weeks and months and some of the challenges, you ain't going to have the, the praise team singing for you at that moment, and you won't either. So why don't we just give hell an answer right now when he looks at this congregation and says, man, I can't wait till Sunday morning. I know what's about to happen. You know that outfit in Frankfurt that we ain't been able to stop? Well, well pastor's going to get up this morning and tell that his wife has cancer. Watch what it does to him. Hell, please watch what it does to him. anointed, still a worshiper, still faithful, still trusting, still believing, still jumping, still shouting, still singing, still praising, still anointed. Our greatest days are still before us. Our greatest revival has not been seen yet. Even in this season, we're going to walk under an anointing of God. Even in this season, we're going to preach with authority. Even in this season, we're going to rejoice with abandon. Even in this season, we're going to worship with reverence. And hell cannot stop us. Just because we're weak does not mean it can be stopped. Just because we're weak does not mean he has his way. I may be weak, but I am anointed. Somebody celebrate right now. Somebody... Always beside me, no shadow, no valley. Where 